Here we go, college football payoff podcast, week eight. Do you know what episode this is? This will be episode 27. 27. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's big country. I'm Dan, and wow, what a week we had. Yeah. Not to toot our own horn, but 6-0? and oh? Five. Five. Yeah, I, I, we, we uh, had the same pick. I still that, count that Purdue, it. Iowa. I know we so did, but we each went three and zero, but total five and zero. So the podcast did go six and zero, but the picks went five and zero, which no, does the remind- podcast went five and zero. We each went three and zero. All right, whatever. <laughs> we'll just say that then. Right. Okay. Anyways, that also brings up another thing. That was our first pick that we had together this year. Yeah, and it was a winner. Winner. So easy winner too. One and zero on those. Three and O week for myself with Bama minus seventeen and a half. The under eighty two for Ole Miss Tennessee, which was easy, and that under forty three Purdue Iowa brings my record finally back up to five hundred. Big countries on hit. You're on a fourteen to two run. Yeah, seventeen and six on the season. Fourteen and two run. Three and O last week had Bama first half minus ten and a half. Mm Uh, pretty easy there. Iowa, Purdue, under 43. Never a doubt in that one. Although it didn't play out the way I thought it would. Uh, no. Purdue actually winning that one. And then uh, SC Vandy, under 50 and a half. There that we go. Three, so the know. podcast, we are 28 and 17. Yeah. There's not many other gambling podcasts for college football that can say they went perfect last week. It's true. It's and their record week. is 28 and 17. I mean, that's pretty yeah. damn good, if I do say mo- so. Very good. So if you took every pick from our podcast. I mean, you're 11 games over 500. Yeah. You, I, I don't, I don't have the I math don't do in front of me. You do the math. <laughs> I'll do it later. We can tweet it out or something. But anyways, I mean, we're feeling good. And I think it is because just freestyle and going with the gut, letting, letting our uh, – first intuitions of the games kind of take over and yeah man doing this on a wednesday is not the ideal scenario but it's uh what's going to help us get the most listens and it's what's you know it's what we have to do to make this podcast work so and i think it's working because we were undefeated last week you better be telling people about this because before you know it you're going to be losing all this money by not winning with us and then i'm 17 and 6 on the year 17 and 6 on the year. We only have we're pushing 600 all-time downloads. Um so we're you know we're not close to the uh we're not close to that sports book deal. But uh <laughs> you know with 17 and 6, they might ban me. Yeah. So And you know I'm what? I'm going to keep it going. I got three more picks this week. And for business inquiries, if you want to sponsor the podcast, let us yeah. know because we are hot. We're up and coming. Email collegefootballpayoff at gmail.com. <laughs> so for the podcast, I just did the math, 60% win rate. Nice. It's pretty good. All right. Well, let's jump into it. I mean, although last week I would be remiss if I didn't say, you know, a couple big you know big upsets. And then I think the biggest thing coming out of last week, which I don't have a play. Well, I do actually have a play for this game, Oklahoma with Spencer Rattler. I think today he took the Oklahoma part, like on his Instagram yeah. bio, it says Oklahoma quarterback, took out Oklahoma at one point, and it just said quarterback. People started talking about it, and then he put back quarterback at OU. He's such a baby. So I think that team works a lot better without him uh, on yeah, the field. I love watching Caleb Williams. It's, yeah. We only have a six-quarter sample size, but he's he's dominated, and... 
I might be leading them first half, not on the pod this uh, week, but on, on my official card, I'll, I'll probably be looking Oklahoma first half. Okay. Yeah, because I'm actually going to lead us off with the Oklahoma game because that's one of my plays. It's Oklahoma at Kansas, noon kickoff. Oklahoma is a 38-and-a-half-point favorite, and yep. I am taking Oklahoma in this game. Oklahoma, I mean, more or less I'm going against Kansas. With how bad Kansas is, they actually do have the worst defense in the country. 126th in yards, 128th in rush yards, 129th in points. They give up 43 a game, and 123rd in takeaways. So they don't get turnovers. They give up points. They give up yards. And Oklahoma's offense is rolling with Caleb Williams. We know that they can score points. Uh, they're 14th in yards, 7th in points, 42 a game. Uh, Kansas is just, in the last five games, Kansas has allowed over 40 points, and they scored less than 14 points in the in their last two. Oklahoma, just after benching Spencer Rattler, they've gone over 50 points in those last two games without him. And... I just think this is easy because Kansas 0-6 against the spread this year. 0-6 against the spread in their last six October games. 0-4 against the spread in their last four years. Uh, in their last four games with a team with a winning record. But I am going solely based on how bad Kansas's defense is to how much firepower Oklahoma has with Caleb Williams. And is Oklahoma three? Uh, I think in the... Coach or AP, they're three. Coaches are two. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I think they're still going to try to, you know, put up as many points as humanly possible to try to make sure that their name doesn't get overtaken by Cincinnati if it comes down to, you know, Cincinnati scoring a lot of points and all that. But either way, this is just fading Kansas with how bad their defense is and feeling good. Oklahoma minus thirty-eight and a half. I'm going to roll with it. Okay. I have seen one too many potentially explosive plays out of the Kansas offense this year that I'm kind of scared with the uh, with the 38. I'm all right with explosive plays from Kansas because they don't stop anybody on defense, right. and I think Oklahoma has the firepower to destroy that. So, Okay. I'm going to take it to a Big Ten matchup, noon kickoff on Saturday. Northwestern Wildcats traveling to the Michigan Wolverines, the big house. Um, yeah, this is a game where I'm thinking about going under here. And one, I am just way off on the Northwestern Wildcats this year. Mm-hmm. Bet they're under, uh, bet the under on their season win total. Biggest preseason bet I had all year. Got it at under six and a half. Um, and so far, they're proving me right. You know, we still have a long way to go with that bet. But, uh, but yeah, I am not a fan of the Helensky. I am not a fan of any of their offense production, and their defense is nothing to write home about, allowing 410 yards a, a game. Even worse, they're allowing 205 yards on the ground, so they're getting bullied in the trenches. Um, and they're getting bullied in the trenches on both sides of the ball. And nothing's going to change about that when they play the number six team in the nation, Michigan. Now, I'm also not a big fan of this Michigan offense, but I am a huge fan of this Michigan defense. Only allowing 15.5 points a game, only allowing 310 yards a game of offense production. That is huge. 
they've squeaked out wins against Nebraska, who actually, in my opinion, has turned out to be an okay team. Uh, they handled Wisconsin pretty well, and they put Rutgers away, and Rutgers has been making games hard all season for teams. Um, man, this is a huge off year for Northwestern. I just I, I don't see much upside in Michigan wanting to blow out this team. I see them maybe getting up by three touchdowns at half, running the clock out in the second half, and getting on the bus. Uh, to do this, they're going to have to hold uh, Northwestern to, you know, two, max two touchdowns, I think. If we if we have a uh, 28-14 game, if we have a, a 35-14 game, we're good here. I like that that potential. You, you know, final score in my head is probably 31-10. Cade McNamara is not going to be a gunslinger all over this Northwestern defense. He's he's not really that impressive to me in the first place. Just two lackluster teams, one being very bad and one I'm waiting to get exposed. Um, let's go with the under 51 for for a Michigan Northwestern on Saturday. Yeah, I see. Ooh, wow. Did I go up or what? Sorry about that. But I see Michigan as – being that same team that they always are where they start off extremely hot and then they just kind of plateau for mm-hmm. the rest of the year. Yeah. And I'm not too impressed with anything they do well, on offense. Mac- McNamara is really not crazy good at all. No. So I just don't I, – I don't get – I mean, yeah, they're 6-0 in the Big Ten. They're going to be ranked sixth in the country. Um, we'll really see what their deal is when they play Ohio State. Yep. Speaking of Ohio State, that's going to be my next play. Nice. Back on them. Ohio State at Indiana. This is a 7:30 game. Ohio State was 20 and a half point favorites. I think it's up to 21 now. But I'm going with the Buckeyes minus 21 if it's if it's at 21. And you know, watching this team every week, I kind of saw that their offense started to get into a stride. Stroud looks like he might have settled down a little bit. His last two games, he's thrown five touchdowns. Travion Henderson is probably the most explosive player at the running back position, uh, possibly in the country, definitely as a freshman. And he's sat the second half of both games because he gets gets all of his yardage done. Yeah, you know. Um, but Ohio State, they're averaging fifty nine points in their last three games. And they're only giving up an average of 12 points in those three games. Now, their defense was a question mark. Obviously, against a better offensive team, I think defense will be a factor and it could be closer games. But with Indiana, you're looking at Michael Penix Jr., who has had a pretty rough year this year. Yeah, I don't even think he's playing. If he's not playing, the, I mean... Uh, and the guy, the back, what the hell's his name? I forget. Oh, uh, T... Tuttle? Tuttle, probably. Man, I might be completely fucking wrong. But, but <laughs> regardless, he, he did not do well last week. And it, you look at it because they have their their star receiver, Freifogel, who last year I thought mm-hmm. this dude was a stud. Yeah. This year he only has 330 yards with one touchdown. Ohio State has three receivers who have over 450 yards and three touchdowns each. So if they have one guy on, off, on offense that can really do anything because they're running back – Travion Henderson has 50 less carries than their running back, Stephen Carr. Henderson has 200 more yards and five more touchdowns. So it looks like there's nothing going on in their offense. Yeah. 
and Ohio State's offense is just clicking on everything right now. Indiana averages 22 points a game, so they're not going to put up a lot of points. Ohio State in those last three games, like I said, averaged 12 points against. And I I think that the Buckeyes have finally turned it up a little bit, Um, coming off of a bye week too. I think they're going to be loaded, ready to go. I'm not saying Stroud's going to throw for five more touchdowns, but I can see Henderson having a couple touchdowns. And, and the in a year where the Heisman race is still, you know, really up in the air, mm-hmm. that kid could Stroud or Henderson. Henderson, yeah. You know, Stroud's the easy pick because he's a quarterback, but Henderson could really make a run for it if he keeps, you know, putting yep. out the touchdowns he does. Yeah, and I I see Stroud is still up there, which is kind of baffling, but he looks like he's settled down a lot and. I just think Ohio State's hitting their stride, especially going into their big game against Penn State. Um, Some say this could be a look-ahead spot, but I think coming off of a bye week, you don't really have that look-ahead. Going into the next week, you're kind of trying to get back on track. So Mm. I'm going Buckeyes minus 21 in this game. Okay, man. I am placing this bet before I talk about it here. Ooh. And Spicy. we are gonna do another Big Ten matchup. Okay, I've been on. I've been on Big Ten teams uh, these last. I couple feel like weeks I have a good I'm, read on them. Yeah, I don't know why I always gravitate to these guys, but uh, we're gonna do the noon kickoff in Happy Valley on Saturday. Uh, the Illinois Fighting Illini are traveling to the Penn State Indian Lions in Happy Valley to play a noon game. Um, and we all saw two weeks ago. Was that the last time we saw Penn State in action against Iowa? Uh, mm-hmm. Tough game to lose, and Sean Clifford was evidently knocked out of that game. If he's not knocked out, I still do think, even with the two picks, that they could they could pull that off because their offense completely stalled after that. And yeah. because their offense completely stalled, I'm going to be going with the under this week in this one. Okay. Um, Penn State still has one of the best defenses in the country, only allowing 312 yards per game, only allowing 201 yards to the air per game. Uh that's a really bad sign for a fighting Illini team who can is only averaging seven games into the season, 153 yards passing per game. Um, nobody on the Illini seems to – they just don't seem to have a star. Um, Peters is okay. They have a really good wide receiver. But outside of that, they're just a pretty low-quality team. They came out and beat Nebraska game one for Bielema's, you know, first time back. Um, you know, that's – in hindsight, that was a cool win, but week ones can always be weird. Uh, their only win so far outside of that is a 10-point win over Charlotte. Um, man, this just a low-production offense is a team I love to fade, uh, but the spread's a little too big for me, especially if Penn State's not going to have Clifford. And if Penn State doesn't have Clifford, evidently they haven't been able to move the ball. I don't know how much they're actually going to be able to do, put up on Illinois. Um, man, I, I just don't. Clifford's. It, <laughs> wait, pause. Yeah. But Clifford is the only reason that this I could believe in this Penn State team. Yeah, Without him, for sure. really nothing to me. Them only allowing less than two touchdowns per game is a really good sign. I don't really see it, Illinois putting up more than 10 points on them. Uh, so if they put up 10, we have an extra 36. We can get a 35-10 game out of this and still cover. Give me the under 46.5 in the Penn State-Illinois game. Yeah, Clifford's nothing special. Um, 
Illinois is always one I mean, of those teams too that we'll kind of keep it plays. Right. Yeah. Illinois can kind of keep it close too. They always have that one game a year where they're not scoring a lot of points, but they kind of, you know, start off the first half of the game with, you know, a good defensive scheme. Right. So I like that pick. All right. My last pick, we are not going to do a Big Ten game. Instead, we're going to talk about Cincinnati. Cincinnati Bearcats, two in the AP, three in the coaches, I think. They're playing at Navy at noon. Cincinnati is a 27.5-point favorite. And when I when you look at a game against, you know, a military academy, usually you don't think that, you know, it's going to be a blowout. A lot of people are kind of shy they kind of shy away from, you know, picking the high spreads, but in this one I'm going to roll with Cincinnati minus 27 and a half. Reason being is Cincinnati knows that their next few games they're playing against very very bad teams. And they know that if they don't cover the spread, which, yeah, they don't talk about it, but they know if they don't win by a lot, they are going to get passed up in that college football playoff ranking by, you know, big conference teams. So they know they have to go out there, they got to do their job, and they got to put up convincing wins. But Cincinnati's offense is what we're talking about here, sixth in the nation in points. They score 43 and a half a game. Desmond Ritter, unreal. He's having a fantastic season. He gets to go up against a Navy defense who 109th in the nation in points. They're giving up close to 33 a game, and they're giving up a lot of yards through the air. So I think Ritter has himself a hell of a game. Uh, if you flip the flip the ball over, Navy's offense, you know offenses for the uh, military academies are never the best, but they're 121st in points. They only score about 17 a game. Cincinnati's defense gives up 13 points a game. They're 12th in yards. They give up less than 300. You know, and we know Navy's going to run the ball, so they're going to have the edge in time of possession. But Navy also turns the ball over a lot. 78th in the nation in turnovers. Cincinnati, 5th in the nation in takeaways. So I think that time of possession battle kind of goes out the window. Because Cincinnati is going to be able to force turnovers, get the ball back for that high-powered offense. Cincinnati is five and one against the spread this year, and they know that they got to score. They got to beat this team by at least twenty-eight points. I think Cincinnati will roll over Navy. They probably shut them out, honestly, and put up close to fifty. So I'm gonna go Cincinnati minus twenty-seven and a half here against Navy. I like it. Um, probably going to stay away from that one overall this week just because I don't like betting big spreads against military academies. But That's see what that's what I know, thought too. But Cincinnati I mean, needs to show that they can dominate everybody if they actually want to make it to the playoff. And Navy so. is not that good of a team. But No. Um, so for my final pick of the week, we're going to go to an ACC game that I'm actually very nervous about because I don't know why this line is the way it is. Um, got to look up this odd screen to see if you know there's a huge discrepancy because in in tickets and and money bet on it because you can never trust fucking espn's consensus never they're terrible um but we're gonna be looking at nc state minus three traveling to miami um this is a miami team that gave unc a hell of a game last week with their backup quarterback you know d eric king is done Mm -hmm. um but 
I'm not too convinced by that win or by that three point loss because UNC sucks. I mean, I, I don't know what it is. I'm just huge fade on UNC all year. I, I'm not, you know, Sam Howe has fumbled the bag when it's come to the ability to actually win the Heisman. Matt Grant Brown hasn't been able to reload to give him the weapons that he needs to be successful. Um, so that win is just not great to me. Plus, um, their backup quarterback is nothing to write home about. The only thing that stands out here to me is this NC State defense. Mm-hmm allowing 295 yards a game, holding all opponents to under 100 yards rushing per game on average. Man, offenses are very similar. They have the same routes of uh, points per game scored. Uh, The big discrepancy here, again, is the NC State defense. They came out and beat Clemson. They beat Louisiana Tech. They They almost shut out B.C., I mean, this is the Miami team that lost to Michigan State three weeks ago or four weeks ago, UVA, who was really not that great, and UNC by three points. This is a very demoralized team. NC State is two and zero in conference play. They know what's at stake. They know that they can walk away with an ACC championship this year, and I don't really see them taking Miami lightly. Miami, I think, is checked out. I think they know what the result of their season is going to be. If they are fortunate enough to make it to a bowl game, it's not going to be a good one or anything that they went to Miami for. Um, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Devin Leary in at quarterback for NC State. 15 touchdowns, two interceptions on the year. Um, I think he's going to be able to pass all over this Miami defense. I do think the offense is going to be able to shut down um, Van Dyke for Miami. And pretty simply... Not too in-depth of an, an, an analysis, but I'll take NC State minus three, even though I think it's a sucker line. I yeah. mean, I, I just don't know why this line is like this. Yeah. I, I don't know what I'm missing. Yeah, I Maybe saw it's the a same night thing. game in Miami Gardens, but I... I mean, that's going to be on yeah. my card. I was thinking about it for the pod, too. Yeah, but I, I was kind of scared to... I've thought a lot of these it. Michigan State lines have been sucker bets all year that actually haven't turned out to be sucker bets. Yep. Um, so, I guess I'll... You know, I'll put the clown makeup on if if I need to, but give me NC State minus three. Beauty. All right. I actually have two games here for a money line moneymaker okay. that I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I only want one of them officially, but two top ten teams are underdogs this week. Oregon's plus two against UCLA Yeah, at UCLA. Oklahoma State is plus seven against Iowa State at Iowa State. Yeah. I Honestly, out of those two, I would go Oklahoma State. Out of those two, I would. Out of, yeah. I, I, I'm definitely on the selling Oregon right now. So Yeah, that's true. And the Pac-12 is weird. <laughs> As always. But, yeah, Moneyline Moneymaker is going to be Oklahoma State. They're plus seven. Let's see. What can I get them at? Give me one second. Let me get into this real quick. Um, plus 210. Yep. I'm going to go Oklahoma State plus 210. Money line, money maker. I mean, that's the ninth-ranked team in the nation. They're seven-point underdogs at Iowa State. I don't know. I yeah. just I don't see anything there. I'm not mad about it. So that's going to be it. So let's recap real quick. I had to pick up my stuff because I threw it. I was so happy. 
<laughs> All right. We got, for Dan's card, Cincinnati minus 27.5 against Navy. Ohio State minus 21 against Indiana. Oklahoma minus 38.5 against Kansas. And then Moneyline Moneymaker is Oklahoma State at plus 210. What do you got? All right, Big Country Week 8 card. Give me Michigan Northwestern under 51. Give me Penn State Illinois under 46.5. And And give me NC State minus 3 at night in Miami Gardens. There we go. Working off of 6-0, or sorry, 5-0 collective pod from last week. Big Country is working on his run of 14-2. 17-6 on the season. Just make sure we throw that in there. 28 and 17 as a podcast, you need to be listening. You need to be sharing this. You need to be liking it, subscribing, all that stuff, because a lot of people could be benefiting from our picks right now. I'm telling you, you won't find – right now there's not a hotter podcast. Yeah, it's just that nobody knows who we are. Exactly. Which is okay. Man, my brain wasn't firing as usual today, so I hope that's a good sign. (laughs) Or I hope that's that's not a bad sign because, man – I, I couldn't get the words together at some points. That's all right, though, because we're, we're still giving out winners. So you need to like, subscribe, follow, share with your friends. It's like I said, man, we we have a record to prove it right now. And, uh, you know, you, some of these other podcasts, we're not talking crap about them, but did they go perfect last week? No. Do they have a guy who's 14-2 and two over the past three weeks, four weeks? No. I think you need to start uh, – Letting everyone know that, you know, this is something going on over here. Speaking of which, what are the uh, socials? You can find the podcast at CF Payoff Pod on Twitter. You can find me at Big Country Bets on Twitter. You can find Dan at Accountant Bets on Twitter. Um, yeah, man, this is. Uh, we're, gonna, we're just gonna keep it rolling. I don't really know what else to say. I would say expect regression, but I've been saying that for three three weeks. Maybe this is the week. Just Could be, be cautious. Don't bet more than you have, and uh, let's Could let's be. let's build on another good week. But find us wherever you get your podcast. Everywhere that you get your podcast, we are there. And that's all I have. That's all you have. I'm good. Sweet. All right, for Big Country, I am Dan. We will see you next week. Thank you.